Welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I am Steph, and joined today by a fellow recruiter from way, way long ago. We had the joy of working together at Business Objects, Sandy Gunn. Hi, Steph. Hey, you. I'm really excited for this conversation. We randomly uh, bumped into each other at a restaurant a month or so ago now, and I just looked at you and thought, oh my gosh, nothing has changed, and our whole lives have changed, yet... (laughs) Here we are no longer being these little recruiters we once were, this local tech company. And I quickly learned that you host your own podcast among doing many things and begged you to say, will you come and record with me? I want to hear all about life as a podcaster on the other side of the mic. And I was like, yes, please do it. Oh, golly. So we're going to dive right in. You host a podcast called Don't Be a Jerk at Work, and you have two other co-hosts. Is that right? Yeah. So two other co-creators slash co-hosts, Tara Kamish and Sarah Markwick. And what was the impetus? Where did the podcast come from? Yeah, that's a great question. So we, I mean, the three of us have known each other for a long time now. By long, I mean more than 10 years probably. And and we all have HR backgrounds. We've sort of, over the years, talked about, my God, it'd be really great to partner on something. But nothing really sort of came to mind. And, and so, you know, it was always kind of in the back of our minds, I guess. But anyway, we would get together fairly often to talk about our various HR situations and stories and um, usually over a glass of wine and you know we found that we were like we learn a lot from each other and these stories are kind of funny when you really break it down and so we um, I guess about a year ago both Tara and I started really listening to a bunch of different podcasts and so we were like Tara was like we should just start a podcast sounds like a good idea anyway so actually quickly went from uh, this idea to do it but I think for us the whole reason why we started it was one to like do something creative fun with one another but also you know for us I think we're all pretty motivated about creating better workplaces and so the premise behind our podcast is um, helping people to be better, be better workplace humans. Oh gosh and how many episodes have you done? So we've done we've just finished season one yay and uh, that which was 20 episodes. 20 episodes. And do you have guests come on your show or is it a conversation just between the three of you? Yeah, good question. We, so for now we've had no guests, partly that's because we've been technology challenged and we've only had two microphones and three of these. So that's some part of it. Plus we were trying to figure out how we, we could have other voices with our three voices. That would be maybe too many. So, so far our approach to the podcast has been more conversational style stories where we hope that when people are listening, they're like, oh yeah, I wish I could be a part of that conversation. Like I have more to add or yeah, I really agree with that or I totally disagree with that and, and just inspiring people that way. I love it. And, and I ask all these questions. I really feel like I'm a recruiter recruiting you right now. Like inspiring <laughs> questions. Are you recruiting me right now? Just kidding. I already tried to recruit you. You turned me down, but that happens quite often. And I never make an enemy with someone who rejects me. I'm totally okay <laughs> with it. And I think that, I don't know if you podcasted about this, but in the name of being a jerk is, is jerk recruiters, you know, that, that become jerks when 
candidates or people say no, because you never know when you're going to run into someone at a pizza shop 12 years later. So you better be nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is my yeah. own projection. Exactly. That, that might've happened in real life. <laughs> but I want to know, so 20 episodes in one season, three of you, I mean, first of all, I want to commend you for taking action on a creative outlet. And I think the name of the game, I say this all the time, I love makers. I love people that are committed to making things, making memories, making podcasts, making strawberry jam, because I think it causes our brain to go into a chemical reaction that says, I'm going to work past the fear of maybe not doing it perfectly and do it anyway. And the more we make, the better we all are for it. And we realize that no one's perfect and there's only two mics and there's three humans and it's still awesome. And that's the whole freaking point. And no podcasts are perfect. We listen to them all the time. So I commend you. I think it's awesome that you're doing this and you're doing it with, with your friends. I want to know what your number one episode, and not for viewership or, or um, mm-hmm. number of listens, but just, you know, what, what was a podcast if you were to look back on your first season and say that was a real hit? This is a really great example of how not to be a jerk at work. Yeah, I feel like I could almost pick two, and it's weird. I would pick our first episode and our last episode. Um, our first episode was you know, kind of what you were saying about the whole, like, nothing's going to be perfect. Like, it was far from perfect, but we decided to take a lighter tone, talked about adulting at work and whether that contributed to likability in one place. But we ended up talking about things like kitchen etiquette, sort of those universal annoying things that happen in offices. But yet, when you really peel back the layers, you know, there are things that maybe that people are showing up with work at, even so if you used to, like, make the kitchen a mess maybe you're like I don't know a bit of a mess in your meetings or on your team or whatnot too so that was that was a memorable one for just sort of I think setting the stage of our style and then our last episode which was actually a three-parter so it was our last three episodes but we talked a lot about different boss archetypes and just talked about um you find yourself with a boss that shows some of these behavior patterns or if you yourself maybe show some of these behavior patterns and we talked about really it's not about pigeonholing someone as a certain archetype juicy so Mm -hmm. can you share what the three manager archetypes are sure we had lots but also okay we had like eight i think oh three episodes we had a bunch of yeah Ah. remember all of them but i'll uh, but the ones that i do remember busy boss so Mm so busy all the time, can't make meetings, canceling meetings, just almost feels like they need to be d- doing something all the time. Right. We talked about the moody boss, someone that I just showed um, you're not really sure what you're going to get in terms of their emotions. And one that I think really resonated for us anyway, especially as we've progressed in our careers, is the non-scalable boss. So that person that's going to be going from individual contributor to a leadership role or even moving up within the leadership ranks and recognizing you can't really operate how you used to operate Mm. as you scale up. So, yeah. Okay. Now, I mean, in HR, it's a little bit unfair because we have insight into these types of bosses all the time and they're not necessarily our own boss but we get the front row seat of seeing how different bosses operate and 
And in fairness, it's very tough because we put so much on our boss. And at the end of the day, we're all human and we're all hopefully trying our best. And some people are better at it than others. And that's all there is to it. But when you think of your boss ar archetypes, is there one that, and no naming names, of course, but no. is, is there one that you, you know, you had a personal experience with that drew you into making this three part? Like, was this a personal something that you had experienced personally, or was it more um, from, from the sidelines of HR that you had witnessed? Yeah, that's, I think it was, for me anyways, probably more from the sidelines, although when I stop and think about it now, I did have one boss back in the day that I did struggle with, and I'm not even sure what category I <laughs> put her into, maybe a little bit non-scalable and a little bit moody, but yeah, I mean, I definitely, whether or not it's in my boss, I think I was still inspired by different people that I've interacted with and worked with over the years, shown some of these patterns of behavior. But kind of like what you were saying, too, it's like nobody's perfect. And I don't think anyone expects anyone to be perfect. But I do think that, you know, if you recognize some of these behaviors, there's different ways that you can take to approach it. And also thinking about how like we or I am maybe contributing to a situation that's making it worse or better, or right. maybe I can help them to be a better boss by communicating differently and help them in their learning journey because that's, they don't, they don't know sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, in the name of not being a jerk at work, beyond kitchens and beyond bosses, to just take it back to being, you know, super personal, and I'm like, how am I being a jerk at work? Are there like two or three things that it's like, you might not even know you're doing this, but when you do this, you're being a jerk. And I loved what you said of, I'm sure it's showing up somewhere else in your life as well. So what what are some of those things and maybe they're blind spots or maybe they're things you might not even realize and I have a few ideas myself but you're the pro so I want to hear yours first <laughs> yeah no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not sure from the pro but I feel like that's a, such a tricky question just in the sense that it's really all relative you know what someone perceives to be jerk behavior and I'm not talking about really like awful things like harassment or bullying or things like that, but just sort of the day-to-day -day interaction type behavior. And so, you know, what one person might perceive as jerky, like, oh, you've raised your voice to me. Someone else might be like, oh, you're very passionate. And so I think it's really about just being aware of how other people are reacting to what you're saying or doing mm. and being okay to check in with people to be like, you, did I offend you in any way? Or mm. That way, because I think sometimes just to sort of say, like, these are the hundred ways that you could show up as a jerk and these are the hundred things you could do to not show up as a jerk. I think that's really, I think that's really hard. Mm. Um, I think it really, at the end of the day, comes down to self-awareness and on the other side is just having the courage to let people know when they're kind of doing something that's a bit pinchy. Yeah, I love it. Admittedly, Sandy, as we were getting ready for this, I was thinking about what are three jerk things that I, <laughs> I didn't appreciate. Or now, you know, even in our office, you know, it's not hundreds of people and it's still the same thing. And I can't say that I'm not guilty of them, but my number one was being late. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a time respect piece and I am especially mindful of it for parents when they say they have to leave at five, let them leave at five. And when they say the meeting's 30 minutes, make the meeting over at 30 minutes. And in the same respect, when they say the meeting starts at 9 a.m., 
be there at 9 a.m. And I'm not always impeccable at noon on time, but gosh darn it, I think I'm a jerk every time I'm late. So <laughs> that feels like a real thing. <laughs> yeah, I, that's, that's good. This is self-awareness, Sandy. I also think eating in meetings. I think closed, refined spaces, smells, how people may or may not smack their lips. I don't feel as um, personally affected by this, but I think that some people really do. And there needs to be some way of honoring how people feel while experiencing other people eat. I don't know. Is that a crazy one? I don't think it's a crazy one, but I definitely think that's, again, one of those relative things. And I think that just sort of comes down to, and I don't think people do this enough, but having meeting etiquette, like kind of at the beginning. Right. You're on a regular team. Like, you know, what are we going to agree to when it comes to meetings? We're going to be show up on time and, you know, we're not going to eat unless we say it's a lunch meeting. And then, you know, let's only eat non-smelly foods or something. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And then the third piece is, and you spoke about this in the world of communication, Mm -hmm. defensiveness and or gratitude. And I think I just hate that I feel like we lose our humanness at work. And Mm -hmm. I always joke when people sign emails regards. And I'm like, no, keep it human. If we were just to have left a coffee shop, you would never say regards. (laughs) We would like give each other a hug and say, it was so good to see you and use too many exclamation marks. And when somebody's done something wonderful, I think gratitude is just the sexiest currency. And on Mm -hmm. the flip side, I think being defensive as an initial form of communication is, is also not human is so, I mean, it's human in that we're protecting ourselves, but it's not um, productive. And so I think too much defensiveness and not enough gratitude is just my recipe for jerks at work. I agree with you hundred percent on that. I think, yeah, we could all be a little bit more generous and empathetic with our thoughts. Mm rather than being defensive and it's not always about us. Right. And yeah, on the gratitude piece or just like being appreciative or maybe even what you were just saying, like we would never uh, say goodbye to each other with regards. It's just like what feels most natural to you. And maybe I guess for some people it's regards in an email, but at the same time, yeah, I think there could be a little more humanness. Keep it human. Well, that's a perfect segue because beyond podcasting, you do have a wonderful career. And in addition to that, you are finishing a master's degree right now. Is that right? Yeah, it's a, it's a graduate program. It's um, an executive coaching program at Royal Roads through Royal Roads University. And how did this come to be? I mean, is yeah. next up better than podcasting a, a graduate degree? <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? I don't know. I'm just combining all these things together. I, uh, I mean, it's something that I've been kind of in, been in the back of my mind for a few years now. It's something that I would be interested in. I really do enjoy the coaching aspect of my job, which is not a formal thing, but it's part of leading a team and part of working with other people. And so, you know, I think now just felt like the right time to introduce it to my life. And also, I guess I'm not sure, 100% sure what the outcome will be once I finish the program, but I wanted to give myself some more options, which is something that I don't think that I've really done for myself a lot over until starting the podcast. That's awesome. Now you had a pretty serious life turning moment in 2017. You had breast cancer and beat breast cancer. And how has that, first of all, congrats and you're amazing and 
resilient and holy, holy cow. Mm-hmm. Um, how has your return to life on the other side of breast cancer impacted your desire to do things like start a podcast and start a graduate program and, you know, think about life differently? Yeah, I think for sure it was a big push for me to do some things. It was funny, right? After I finished my treatments in 2017, a lot of people asked me the question then, like what, you know, if I was doing anything differently and all that. And I think initially I would say, no, I was starting to think a little bit differently in terms of not sweating the small stuff or just being more empathetic towards people in situations like this. But I really do think that at the end of the day for me, like once I kind of started to feel whatever normal means again, but like get my energy back up, which probably took about a year and a bit. I, uh, I was like, you know, I mean, you sort of know life is short. And while, I mean, my situation wasn't like, it was caught very early and everything. So it was, I was never really fearful um, that it was going to go down a bad path, but I just was like, yeah, you just don't know what's going to happen. And I don't want to necessarily waste the days that I have left. Mm-hmm. You know, that sounds a little bit dramatic, but I think, um, yeah, it started to just shift a little bit of who I thought I was and what I could do. And yeah, so I just um, started to get a lot more intentional about the things that I do in my life or the people that I spend my time with. It's amazing. I'm really excited to have had this conversation because I think hosting a podcast is actually much harder on a consistent basis than people think. And it's like so much fun to go and download the podcast, but you're like, do you know how much work goes into making it come to life? I was just thinking about something that you said earlier about really appreciating makers and having the courage to do things, courage to do things. And I feel like for us and for me, when we, when we released our first episode, I, even though I was super excited because we figured out all the technical stuff and we just, you know, we got it done. I was like, Oh my gosh, now I'm out there to be judged by the world. And my first experience of a creative endeavor that I was like, Oh, but I really like this, but I'm really scared by this, but I like it. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, and I think the joy of this conversation is to say there's so much else to be talking about other than how you spend your days and your career. And it's, there's no disrespect to that. It's just so easy in the business world to dive right into the topic of quote unquote work. And Mm -hmm. I so appreciate your candor on, of course, it doesn't matter the severity when you beat cancer, you beat cancer. And when you are able to appreciate the days again, that is incredible. And when you're able to have revitalized energy that you put toward making things and making things that we consume like podcasts Mm -hmm. and making memories for yourself right now in school that we will then later go on to consume as you (laughs) become a coach or whatever else you want to make. Um, I just hope that that is something that we can leave our listeners with to really, you don't have to give up the day job to make and to create. And um, you need two mics and three friends and, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't I have will, to be perfect. You just have to yeah. do it. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to do it. I love it. Sandy Gunn, we wrap every podcast with my favorite question. What is currently making your heart beat faster? Ah, so many things right now. I think I'm going to keep it a little bit more general, but I think for me this year, I picked a word of the year, which was intentional. 
And so I think the fact that I have been very intentional in all of the things that I've been doing and I'm doing stuff. So I'm not, I know I didn't really give you anything specific there, but I just, that I'm, yeah, I'm moving forward. I feel like I'm just getting unstuck. I love it. Unstuck is certainly one way to make your heart beat faster. And it doesn't mean that it will always be comfortable, but forward is a wonderful place to be. Totally. Oh, woman. Thank you so much for your time. I wish you all the best. I can't wait for the next season. We'll make sure that the links are below. And you said your next season will be coming up in the fall. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, you have new fans and I can't wait to see you again for some pizza. You know, sounds good. Thanks, Steph. Absolutely.